You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. your influence. This is the Flaunt Your Fire podcast where we defy stale marketing advice and own our power. I'm your host and CEO of Flaunt Your Fire, India Jackson, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for listening today. It's been right around a year since I created this podcast and, you know, I realized like that's a long time to stick with someone and a lot happened in that year. So thank you for being here. And if you're new here, thank you for hopping on this ride because it's definitely been a bit of a ride. (laughs) I have a special favor to ask of you while you're listening to this episode and I promise it will not interrupt your listening especially if you're listening through a podcast app. Um, I want you to head on over to flauntyourfire.com slash rate, and please leave us a rating and written review. In your written review, let us know what topics you'd like to hear covered on the podcast and what topics maybe you've already listened to that you want to hear more of. What are some of your favorite episodes? All that is helpful information for us, and it helps us co-create the space with you. Um, We definitely take what you're saying into consideration as we create new episodes. And if you really want to take that up a notch, leave your Instagram handle in that review and we will shout you out on our Instagram stories. That way our followers can check you out. All right. This week we're going to be discussing partnerships, specifically affiliate partnerships. And I thought it was really important to bring this episode to the podcast because affiliate partnerships is one of the things I get asked the most over my personal Instagram account, the India Jackson, because people, a lot of the people there um, got to know me from the bodybuilding industry and modeling industry. But I actually bought this podcast episode here because I think it's important to kind of disrupt the stereotype that you have to be a bodybuilder or a model or a 20 something like super cute size zero person to be an affiliate for someone. And I also wanted to disrupt a stereotype that you need to be a product-based business, um, specifically a stereotype that you need to be an apparel brand or an accessories brand or a shoe brand or a glasses brand, all that good stuff, um, in order to have an affiliate partnership model within your business. It's just not true. And that's the reason I invited Laura Sprinkle here today. Laura Sprinkle is amazing, and she really highlights some of the other side of what affiliate partnerships 
can look like. So if you're listening and you're like, yeah, none of those things I really identify with being as the business or as the individual that might want to be an affiliate or influencer, so to speak, um, definitely stay tuned and keep listening because I think this conversation can change the way that you see both roles in that industry. So about Laura, Laura Sprinkle is an affiliate partnership strategist. She specializes in working with digital course creators. Over the last four years, her approach to partnership programs has helped everyone from budding entrepreneurs to seven-figure industry leaders garner more than $14 million in partner revenues. Laura's unique approach to partnerships involves creating high-touch relationships, which is super important, right? We don't hear about that when we hear about affiliate partnerships. And empowering clients to build in-house teams rather than outsourcing and bringing as much fun to this process of the affiliate partnership world as possible. She's the host of her own podcast, The Laura Sprinkle Show, which is super fun. If you haven't heard that, I'm going to encourage you to open up your browser, open up your podcast player and subscribe to her podcast. And she's the co-author of a best-selling anthology. She lives in Portland, Maine with her daughter and... Laura just drops a lot of knowledge and truth bonds on this episode, so I'm just not even going to delay anymore. Let's get the show on the road. Welcome to the show, Laura. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Uh, I feel like every time I talk to you, it's just such a ball of fun. You have such a <laughs> a very like uh, light and uh, exciting personality. Um, that I think will resonate with the listeners here today. And you just have so much wealth of experience and knowledge about what you do. And you do it in such a very innovative way that's also very aligned with how we see things here at Font Your Fire. So I'm super excited to dive into talking with you about partnerships and affiliate programs today. I'm so excited. If you could see me, people that are listening, or even India, because we can't see each other, I've got like the biggest grin on my face. So. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yes, yes. So part of what you do is you really support people in being able to create their own affiliate programs. Mm-hmm. And I think when I think about visibility and about branding and marketing, I feel like affiliate programs is something that can often get forgotten as a way to like amplify your visibility. Um, and I'm wondering from your standpoint of what you do, um, how do you work with clients to begin the process of deciding what affiliates they're choosing to work with um, and how that can increase not just their sales and their programs, but also their reach and their brand recognition. Yeah, totally. I, do, I agree that it is often this sort of forgotten or put off element of business growth when really people can do it right from the beginning of their businesses. You know, people often think I have to be at a certain level before I can use partners, affiliate partners, and yet you can grow so much more quickly with that avenue. And when we're looking at making sure that partners are aligned, I always start with any program really diving into the the vision and values. And I believe that partnerships can heal the world and we can create the world that we want to see 
through partnerships and through connection, connection with ourselves, connection with the environment, connection with other people in our communities. And, and so whatever people like students, for example, this week were asking me, you know, what percentage should I pay out in commissions or there, you know, there's all these sorts of micro decisions when it comes to affiliates from who you're going to invite to, again, the, the commission percentages or the dates or there's so many decisions. And I always ask them back, what is your vision? What are you trying to create here? What is that value that you're really putting out there? Because that makes every decision so much easier. Uh, I love that. A large part of how we work with our clients too is starting with those values. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why I really enjoyed getting to know you better and chat with you about what you do because it just gives you like that really solid blueprint to work from. Um, (laughs) It's just like easier, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like it almost gives you like a compass or Mm -hmm. a reference point of what makes sense for you and what doesn't. Uh, One of the things that you mentioned is um, some of the decisions that you're having to make. Would you mind diving into a few of what you feel like might be some of the most important ones to consider before someone would work with you on building their affiliate program? Yeah, for sure. So you need a couple of things in place before inviting partners or affiliates. So, so yes, you can get started with partners pretty quickly in your business, but you do need a few core things. So one, you just need an amazing product program or service. Uh, I feel like that's sort of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People have that. But I just want to reiterate, like you need something amazing that's really getting people results. Uh, And I know that, you know, that's a big one of your values as well is really supporting people that have something incredible to, to offer the world. So don't, uh, skip that step. Then (laughs) the second thing, uh, is especially your first time around, I would have a set promotion calendar, like a promo plan dates, a launch with a start date and an end date. And even if your product is available for sale all the time, you can create some kind of a timely promotion with bonuses or price differences or or things like that. Uh, but you definitely want to have something that a partner can say yes and know exactly when it's going to be on their calendar because if something is available anytime, then it, you know, it's probably not going to happen. It's quickly going to fall to the bottom of the priorities list. And then lastly, I would get really clear on, on that vision so that you can make those decisions. Like, you know, what percentage of commissions are you going to pay? What tech, what tech, platform are you going to choose for tracking? Uh, are you going to, you know, you know, how long before your launch are you going to invite partners? What's the runway going to look like? Uh, there's a, you know, there's a lot of decisions within there, but the things that you really need before inviting partners are the product, the promotional dates, and your vision and values. Mm, I love that. And just to clarify, when you say your promotional calendar, um, for some people, they're looking at like sales cycles. Some people have an open and closed cart date um, Mm -hmm. where if you don't enroll into their program by a certain date, the door will be closed until it reopens for enrollment. Is that what you're referring to there? Exactly. So if you 
if you have uh, an, a digital course, for example, with an open and closed date, then that would be, you know, your launch dates of, of when that is actually open. What are the dates of your pre-launch? You know, are you doing a webinar? Are you doing videos, sales calls? Whatever, like, the sales promotional calendar looks like in a short you know, it doesn't have to be super short, but in a set period mm -hmm. of time. And then if you do have like a physical product, I mean, I know that you work with, with clients with all sorts of uh, products, digital and otherwise. So if you've got a physical product or you've got a done for you service that, you know, it is a sales cycle, it's happening all the time, people can purchase. I would create some sense of a launch through you know, this bonus, like when you buy, you get this particular bonus only for these dates. And after this date, it goes away so that you do create some kind of a, a container, if you will, for your initial partner program launch. I love that because um, I think that many people can think of affiliate programs and if their business model doesn't currently close the doors at a certain period of time, feel like, well, this doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. And so being able to throw in those little bonuses or um, a great example that I've seen people do is like a free 30 minute one-on-one -on -one call in addition to the course or a, um, I, I've seen like apparel brands do like a, a free special gift with your purchase over a certain dollar amount only during this period as a great way to still feel like you have a promotional launch that makes sense that your affiliates can really help support you with. Totally. Uh, another thing that you could do is if your price is going to increase, you could take advantage of that and create a promotion right before that. So you're really getting people in the doors and you're telling them the price is going up on this at this date. And that's kind wow. of like your, your close cart. Yeah. That's an awesome idea um, that I think is really helpful for the listeners too, because <laughs> we can think open and closed date and like, Oh, well that doesn't apply. And it's like, there's so many other ways um, that you can approach that. And the beauty is in working with someone like you, you know, you can find a way to um, see what works specifically for your business model. Uh, you also mentioned percentages. Um, hmm. What are some of your thoughts on like breaking down, like what range a business needs to be in percentage wise that they're giving as a kickback to their affiliates? Yeah. So this is such a great question. And the truth is it, it does vary so much. Like I've seen 10% to 50%. And then in some cases, even higher than 50%. But in, in those specific situations, that person has their product suite such that they know that getting people in the door is more important than making money on that initial sale. So they've, mm. you know, they've got an upsell of some kind. So they're making money on the back end with it. You know, it's kind of like advertising when you are really just trying to break even on that initial tripwire, for example. Um, so anyway, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but it's <laughs> <laughs> an important thing to note. <laughs> Um, then this is why it really comes back to what are your bigger goals with this always? Because I could tell you, oh, in general, people have this percentage, but when you look at your business, it might not make sense. Uh, in the product space and in done for you services. So for example, if I were to refer um, someone to a copywriter, like 
that has a high cost of delivery because that's their time. Or it could be a high cost of delivery because I'm literally physically making a product, shipping it, and you know, there's all the costs that go along with that. Uh, so in those scenarios, we often see between 10 and 20% commission. Uh, for things like ongoing memberships, uh, tech, uh, things of that realm, it, you know, lower price products, digital products, um, you know, you may see between 20 to 35%, let's say. And then for more scalable, larger, you know, digital programs, like in the online course space, for example, where, you know, many courses are between a thousand and $3,000, you typically see uh, 40 or 50% commissions. Mm. And uh, with my listeners that have like physical products as well, um, mm -hmm. to kind of give them some feedback on that. Yeah, I've seen anywhere well, between like ten percent to like twenty five percent as a kickback for um, like apparel or makeup based businesses. Mm -hmm. And I, in there, I often see, and I don't. I'm sure that you would know more about this than I would, but I often see that it's a partial kickback and a partial, they get a coupon code for the customer. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that that's an important thing to touch on as well, is that if your affiliate code is giving um, your the person who is using it a discount, then they're on one hand, the, the consumer is receiving the discount and then also the affiliate is getting a kickback. So that kickback for that affiliate might need to be a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about too is um, the difference between the, um, how much is like involved or an investment wise for the business into that service. So with services um, that don't necessarily have a tangible product, there might be less overhead or cost in facilitating that. Mm -hmm. So they're able to give more to the affiliates. Um, and if it's a course, it to a degree can kind of run itself. Um, so just throwing that out there for my product-based clients that those numbers can look a little bit different for them too, because they're having to invest in shipping, invest in the materials, and then also the cost and labor to produce their products um, mm -hmm. before we can even think about the discount and then also the affiliates um, receiving the kickback. Exactly. And in those scenarios, I would run the numbers and look at, you know, how much are you willing to spend on advertising per sale? Mm -hmm. And that could be what you decide is worth it for, you know, a, either a pure kickback or a combination of discount and kickback because that is what the partner is doing. The affiliate is, you know, being your advertiser, essentially. I love that reframe because I think that sometimes that can get lost is that um, your affiliate is literally advertising on behalf of your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And certain partners, and again, this depends on so many factors, but certain partners will literally put ad spend behind your products. Mm. I've started to see more of that. Um, have you been noticing that too within your clientele and their partners? 
Yeah. I mean, definitely the bigger ones. And I've started to see it more in smaller ones as partners become more savvy and, and realize that this is such a great, I mean, this is a great avenue for the partners, right? Too. Like you can make a lot of money by being an affiliate for other people. Especially when you think about some of the um, courses that I've seen that can be anywhere between like the $5,000, $10,000 range. And if you're walking away with 10%, uh, 10%, 50% <laughs> of the sales on that, that adds up really quickly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People make, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars being affiliates. Thank you for sharing those numbers and figures, because I think that um, this is an industry that if you're not in it, um, you may not understand the sheer volume of how much revenue can be generated. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. You might think, you know, cause it's so easy to get an affiliate link, right. For, for products or, or tech and like share it with somebody, you know, you may get $10, $50, you know, if you get an Amazon, <laughs> if you get an Amazon affiliate link and you share it, you might get a few cents, but if you're really going for it, you know, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I um, have seen show up on the radar as well is um, like having systems in place. Uh, and I know that you work with um, individuals on being able to facilitate that. What are some of the things that you have seen that have been really helpful in making sure or to consider um, and ensuring that your affiliates are very clear on like how much payout is owed to them um, and how much revenue they've generated for the business? Mm, great question. And yeah, it's so funny. I always lead with the, the fun kind of nuts side of myself, which I, <laughs> you know, I enjoy, we, we call everything we do a big party. And I also think that people love working with us because of those systems. And we really are very organized. <laughs> so it sounds like, oh, you know, that's, not, that's like a, a nice to have, but the more organized you can be with your contact list, with your, your thoughts around your promo ideas and dates and, and have everything in a really nice document for your partners. Like this is what we're doing on this date. And these are the exact dates that you're going to be paid out. Um, so we actually create like a, so we create a Google doc called a promo guide. And this thing can be 50 pages long. It doesn't have to be, but you know, when you're getting started, it can be a few pages, but literally listing out exactly what they need to know. So every partner is going to want to know, uh, you know, how does this tech work? Like, where can I find my affiliate link? Uh, when is the refund period over? When am I getting paid first? For how long am I getting paid? What happens if you know, let's say that they're on a payment plan and the, the person doesn't make the third payment. Like what happens in that scenario? So really, I would think about it as an affiliate. First of all, if you're going to create an affiliate program, I would recommend being an affiliate for somebody just to, to experience the process and say, oh, I really liked that. Oh, I might want to do that a little bit differently for my program. And then um, all the questions that you have as an affiliate list those out and answer them thoroughly for your partners before getting started. And I would definitely make sure to have an affiliate agreement in place. So, you know, there are pretty reasonable templates for 
for that online um, that you can purchase and, and fill that out. And again, it's just going to ask you a lot of questions. So get very clear because it's a partnership and just like a romantic or friend partnership, communication is so important. Yeah. And I also hear that part of what you're doing is having clear expectations and mm-hmm. a clear agreement um, and taking it from like expecting something to actually agreeing this is how this will go uh, and then literally having a legal agreement to, <laughs> to go along with that to protect yourself. <laughs> exactly. So and some, you know, often in the digital course world, it's not usually an agreement like, oh, you have to send this many emails mm-hmm. or else, <laughs> whatever. Like that's not, it's not usually part of the agreement, but it could be like, you could get as specific as that. And I have seen actually, um, when it comes to commission percentages, people say, you know, you can take the standard, let's just say 30% commission, but if you agree to send four solo emails and post three times, we'll bump you to 40% commission. I don't love that, but that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said, I don't love that, it kind of made me go back to, you know, affiliate programs in general um, are very interesting and fascinating as a model to be able to not only increase your overall revenue, but also increase your visibility and your reach. Mm, Um, Totally. But you do this differently. You (laughs) focus on relationship building. And so can you talk to me a little bit more about the power and, and why you're focusing on relationship building first when it comes to seeking out affiliates? Yeah. I believe that the industry has gotten a bad rap and kind of for a good reason in a lot of ways, uh, or just, it doesn't, it, you know, it didn't speak to me. I would say when I first got into it, I avoided telling anybody what I was doing, or I would just say it in a different way because I really felt differently than a lot of people where it is like pushing the partners and you know you have to like i said send four solo emails etc for me it comes back to number one partnering with people that really care about what you're doing in the world so they really care about how your product is performing they really care about the service that you're that you're putting out there in the world and they really believe in it and they believe in you as a as a human and value you And when that is the case, I don't think that you need to have those, to me, they're a little bit silly agreements because they're going to go all in on promoting as if it's their own product. And I've seen it time and time again, that it really doesn't matter. I'll give you an example. One of my students was thinking, uh, she's an amazing business teaching, uh, what am I trying to say? Zero waste store owners, how to get started, Ooh, which is so cool. I love zero waste. You're right. I know you're going to love that. That's why I wanted soul. to shut, call it out. <laughs> and so she was thinking, and she may do this, but she was thinking, you know, I'll offer this standard commission percentage, but she was, had two people in mind that she was like, they're really big in my industry. Maybe I'll offer them a bigger percentage upfront. And now I lost my train of thought a little bit. Darn. But Oh, what I was going to say is I would prefer 
in general that you attract partners that really care about your product? Oh, I know what I was going to say. When people really care, I have seen time and time again, someone with, let's say, 40 people on their email list outperform people with 100,000 people on their email list because they were willing to get on the phone. They were willing to talk to people personally. They were willing to go above and beyond and really put heart and passion and like follow up with people time and time again. Whereas like the bigger audience people that that could do really, really well if they went all in like that smaller um, audience size person did, but they're just like, didn't have that attachment to the product. So they were like, I'm just going to send a couple emails out, still made some sales, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a game changer for their business. So they're probably not going to promote that product again. Yeah. And the, the other individual is they're coming back for more. So our whole cycle has four phases all based around the relationship. So first attracting the right partners, and then activating them through training and assets and making it super fun. And that to me is way more important. I mean, yes, have your agreements and yes, have your expectations, but in the activation process, you can take someone from saying, I'm just going to promote this because why not make a couple dollars or whatever uh, to saying, I believe in this so much. I'm going all in and treating it as if it's my own product. Yeah. Um, it, makes me think about what we call here at Flaunt Your Fire as super fans, um, mm-hmm. the power to be able to transform and evolve um, through, which sounds so woo, but like <laughs> loving on that follower or that partner so much that they've become one of the biggest fans that your brand could ever ask for and are willing to not just spread the word, but like spread it with passion. You know, that's a very different place to come from than someone who is just looking at like, how much money can I take home at the end of the day? They're going to show up in a very different way for your brand in that way. So different. And what's so funny to me is now I've started uh, working with some of the people that I may have, you know, we just can't judge people, right? I, I may have perceived that they were more in line with the former way of of doing affiliates and thinking it had to be more push, push kind of a way. And I just show up as me as much as I can. And so I I literally said those exact words you just used. I was like, we just need to love up on them as much as possible. And he, he loved it. He was like, that's amazing. (laughs) Better than anything I've ever heard. So uh, (laughs) anyway, it was just a really cool moment for me to, from thinking that I was doing it quote wrong to realizing that that was the superpower in what we do is like, you know, it's so cliche, like love is the ultimate advantage. Yeah. But there's a power to that. And what Mm -hmm. I also hear is like for that particular client, you could have possibly shown them a new way that they didn't know existed because I feel like we receive so much information about what it takes to get a certain level of visibility, what it takes to be successful, what it takes to have a certain revenue number. And like, I feel like there was this old program that, I don't know, I just feel like 
if nothing else, 2020 has really shaken up the box more than ever before to say that that's not the only way to do things. And we can actually do things in a way that feels aligned with not just um, the impact we want to have on the world, but also who we are and what feels good for us to do. I think for many people, it actually feels better for them to love on people and to make them feel seen and heard than it does to focus on the numbers. (laughs) For sure. Like, and it's just such an exciting way to do business. Like I get to show up and think, how can I serve? How can I love on people? Like I have to remind myself often because when I'm resisting something, it's often because I've put a a have to spin on it Mm -hmm. rather than like I get to show up and, and love on these people. Yeah. And I I think that, um, you know, for some listeners, uh, I can say for myself, my own personal experiences is that there's this story that like owning a business or even having like a traditional job has to be hard. And so this idea that taking the time to share stories, strengthen relationships and really get to know others and make them feel appreciated is not work, but actually that might be the most valuable work we can do. <laughs> yes. Oh, just want to sink into that for a moment. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and this is why our meetings always go twice as long as we schedule them for, because it's such a good conversation. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. <sighs> One of the things that I want to ask you is from a tangible standpoint, if somebody is listening today and they're like, okay, I can see how doing an affiliate program would enhance my revenue, enhance my relationships and enhance my brand awareness, because now there's other people talking about my brand for me. What is the one thing that you would suggest that they go do um, to prepare themselves to reach out to you and your brand? Oh, I'm going to have, I know you were like on a practical level and I'm going to totally come back with a seemingly woo and practical answer, but I swear (laughs) this is the key. Um, Your success with affiliate partners I mean, yes, please come work with us. We would love to work with you. But your success with affiliate partners is directly tied to your ability to ask for and receive help. Ooh. So the more that you can practice in small ways asking for help right now, even if you're like, I'm excited about affiliates, but I'm going to do that in 2021 or you know, whatever you're thinking, I would start now in small ways, just like, where can you lean back? Where can you receive more? Uh, And I think this is a, a global thing, but, you know, especially people who identify as women, we often have struggles with asking for help. I mean, I know I do. That's why I do this work, right? We do the work we need to, (laughs) we need to um, (laughs) heal in ourselves. And so when you do that first, it's going to make everything else easier. I love that answer. Um, And I'm going to say that that applies as well for people who identify as being a part of a marginalized group. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically, I can speak to being not just woman, but also an African-American woman. Um, Yeah. That, you know, you can 
very much be programmed to think that you just have to push through and, you know, that no one's going to help you or, yeah, there's a lot to being able to ask for help. Do you have any specific examples of where you have given yourself exercises or navigated your own ability to ask for help? Oh, that is such a great question. I thought you didn't know it was coming either. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I need to. I want to, you know, I'm going to start putting those on Instagram or something. (laughs) Um, Little exercises for asking for help. I think one way that I've been doing that is, so also as a mom, you know, I feel like I've been, and a single mom, I started to carry, and I mean physically carry a lot of things at the same time often, you know, like groceries and my daughter and, mm-hmm. and you know, her bag and my bag and like all this stuff. And when people offer help, I was accustomed to just be like, no, 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 I got it. Like I'm a mom, I'm a super mom, I got this. And so that is a really simple place to start is just looking at what help is already being offered and saying yes to it. (laughs) Uh, So if it is to hold the door, to carry something for you, to, um, you know, if someone's just checking in and asking how you are, I feel like that is such a great practice rather than saying, I'm good. How are you? They are asking you. So really take a moment, breathe and answer honestly. How are you? That's so I made that up right now, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's so powerful. And I can see many examples as to why like, it's super important because part of having affiliates is being able to ask them to help you in supporting your business. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that ability to ask is like, and maybe this is because I come from bodybuilding as a hobby, but like you have to work on it just like you work out every day to build your muscles. Like you have to build your asking muscle. (laughs) Yes. And I'd love to know from you, like what are, if you have, or if you have other ideas, like what are potentially your practices for, for asking for and receiving help? Oh, I'm going to be 100% transparent here. That is something that I am still continuing to work on every day. Um, I can give a very recent example is uh, today it's a little bit more quiet (laughs) than before, um, than yesterday, but yesterday I was podcasting um, and we are renovating one of our bathrooms (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is just not going to work. This is so much louder than I was expecting. And so I had to remind myself that I have the ability to ask a local friend for help, which meant going into their basement and recording the podcast episode from their basement. Um, something really small, but a lot like you at the groceries. It's those small things that add up. Um, On a bigger note, though, that has been more consistent for me has been being able to ask for help in my business. So recognizing that um, what I think shows up for a lot of business owners that are listening today uh, is that when you take on the role of being CEO, (laughs) sometimes that role is attached with being the bottleneck of your business. You are the reason that things are not making it to the other side or getting slowed down or 
the business is just not going as far as it could because things get stuck on your desk too long or you micromanage or you're trying to take on all the things. And so for me, that has really looked like um, being able to hire team to support. Um, and sometimes it's also reframing how I see team. So team doesn't have to be bringing on a part-time employee or a contractor. Sometimes hiring team is finding an outside business um, for example, for me, that has been hiring writers because ask me to talk and I can ramble on like I am right now, ask me to write and I have all the resistance. So being able to get the writing off the plate so that things that would have taken me five hours to do are being able to be done in 30 minutes by a writer has been a huge way that I am daily able to ask for help by allowing them to do their job. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so good. And that, and it really is, even if they don't, they, even if you listening, do not create an affiliate program, you will be served by asking for and receiving help. Like you said, with a team, with <laughs> so many aspects of your life. Yes, absolutely. And so I do want to reflect that back that like, this is something that I really want to make sure people walk away with is start asking for the help. And also a large part of why I bought you here today is because I think that more than ever, it's on our radar of like how much do we really have the bandwidth for, especially in a time where people are having to refigure out education for their kids and maybe are even having to homeschool while they're also still running their business. And so I don't want it to be lost that, you know, an affiliate program is an incredible way to be able to get help with getting butts in your seats to make sure that your business is still able to run and function and be profitable while you might actually have a little bit less time for your business. Mm. And it's okay to receive the help in that way. Um, and it's actually both doing yourself a service, but it's also helping those affiliates because they're able to get the income that they're receiving from being a part of your program and being your partner and not necessarily have to be the one facilitating that service. So that may be freeing up time for them to be with their kids or to get back into some of the hobbies that they need to take care of to maintain their mental health in a year where we've had a social justice movement, multiple occasions of that kind of being at its peak in the United States. And we've had a global pandemic. Yes, yes, all around. It really is doing business in community and you can yeah, provide that income. The, the revenue is gonna come through you and through your business, but you're providing that income to people that you believe in and you really wanna see do well through paying them commissions. They're doing the same for you. They don't need to become experts in your topic and create that product, but maybe they have a complementary product. And then sometimes it works that you can promote each other. Uh, and it's really a win-win for the audience as well. So for sure, I think it's such a do less way of doing business and you won't feel so lonely, especially when you do it in a way that your values are aligned and you can be authentic and transparent with your partners and say, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. Like you take the reins. 
I love that. I love that. And you're hearing these things. I just want to throw that back in there from someone who has helped facilitate $12 million in some of her partner revenue programs. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not, yeah, it's not Trump change. (laughs) It's it's, it's pretty significant. (laughs) Yes. So it wouldn't be a Font Your Fire interview if I did not ask you to share with us what have you found that has helped you be able to flaunt all of your awesome fire along the way in your journey of entrepreneurship? What has helped me to flaunt my fire is seeing other people flaunting theirs and being inspired by them. And I think that we can really take that to heart in you know, there's often a reluctance to shine, if you will, like, what are people going to think? And I've really been able to reframe that for myself. And I have to shine because other people shining is what allowed me to do so. So I have to do it to, to light the way for other people as well. Oh, I love that. And it's so aligned with what my answer would be. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's been such a pleasure and I really just want to thank you for being here today, for sharing your genius and for really shedding some light on what affiliate programs can look like and how you can do it in a way that is still aligned with your business and is getting you the results that you're seeking. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it was incredible. And I think that one of the things before I let you go is you are going into a launch as well. So could you tell me a little bit about your program? For sure. Uh, So it is a 12-week training for business owners and their teams. Some people opt to just send their uh, teams through. So they'll elect someone as an affiliate manager, for example, and send them through. Um, Sometimes we have CEOs who are a business of one (laughs) or the CEO and their (laughs) VA come through, but it's a 12 week experience uh, there. We take you through our entire system. So from attracting the right partner, well, first of all, setting up your vision and values, attracting the right partners, activating them to go all in, amplifying sales during the promotional period, exactly how to set up the tech and tracking and stats. And we get very nerdy and it's very fun. I'm such a nerd (laughs) Uh, all the way through appreciation, how to make payouts, how to incentivize and do prizes. So people want to come back for more. Um, So the whole thing, every template resource, case study, idea, um, lots of strategy. The community is amazing. Um, there's smaller like co-working sessions that happen. I could go on and on. The students are just incredible. Uh, and, and, and then you launch and then you, you've got your partner program that you can reuse time and time again, because it's a system that becomes an asset for your business. I love that. I love that. And I love the name of it. Rock your affiliate <laughs> is like such a cool name <laughs> for your program. <laughs> It was one of those where I just kind of put it as a placeholder and then it became the thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how sometimes our intuition leads us to like the right thing from the beginning. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Isn't Laura awesome? If you are interested in hearing more about Laura and her Rock Your Affiliate program, I'm going to encourage you to head on over to our show notes and you'll find useful links 
as well as a full article to go along with this episode, um, really just breaking down some of the things that we talked about here today. Um, if you haven't looked at our show notes, I know I'm going to encourage you to do that anyway, just because they're not the way that you see most show notes being done. Um, that's part of another conversation, but we've just uh, really taken the time to ask ourselves, how can our show notes be more accessible? How can our podcast be more accessible? So definitely head on over there, check out the show notes, or if you like direct link to be able to learn more about Rock Your Affiliate Program, you can head on over to flauntyourfire.com slash partnership. Thank you so much for listening today, and I can't wait to chat with you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by Pause on the Play the Community, an online hub of entrepreneurs and changemakers connected at the intersection of values and visibility. In a rapidly evolving world, we need a responsive place, somewhere where we can show up as business owners and heads of household, do the individual work and the leadership work, and pause on the play the community is filling a massive void in business. We are bringing people together to have conversations that are avoided elsewhere. We're talking things like accessibility, privilege, and power, and most of all this month, we have been talking about partnerships. We bring to you guest experts like Laura Sprinkle to guide these conversations and to have you think about ways of doing life and business differently and considering these phrases, these titles like partnerships from a different perspective because we're committed to creating equity in business, spreading the wealth, moving from talk to action, and connecting you with other leaders through shared values. You can learn more about Pause on the Play at pauseontheplay.com slash community. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?